Hello everyone, Brian Newber here from goldenblack.com, live in his car, once again, leaving Mackey Arena, this time following Purdue's 84-76 win over Minnesota in uh, the previously mentioned Mackey Arena. This is your goldenblack.com drive home post-game podcast. It is brought to you by our friends at East End Grill and Ripple and Company, Purdue Federal Credit Union, TNW Design and Build, AcrePro.com, and the Whitaker Inn, which I'm about eight minutes away from. Hoping, as always, that all of the mammals on their property stay right where they are for at least a few more minutes. Um, So Purdue wins by eight over Minnesota. I I think this was obviously a much closer game than most people anticipated. Purdue was down double digits early in the second half um, after Minnesota really, really shot the hell out of the ball in the first half. Benefited from Purdue's turnovers, seven of them, I think, leading to maybe 12 Minnesota points, something like that. There were a number of offensive rebounds that found their way to Minnesota, um, leading to points also. But more than anything, it was just Minnesota making shots. And uh, that's, been one of the, that's been one of the things that has been a common denominator when Purdue has struggled this season, as it is for any team in basketball when they struggle. When the opponents shoot really well from three-point range, you've got a game on your hands. And uh, Purdue sure did. And uh, credit to Purdue for really steadying itself in the second half. This was not a situation Purdue's accustomed to being in this season uh, and probably for the majority of last season. Uh, but they, they responded very well. Uh, I, I thought they did a good job at both ends of the floor, kind of steadying themselves, weathering Zach Eady's first-half foul trouble, uh, rare first-half foul trouble. Getting him back on the floor certainly helped, but... Uh, Purdue just took care of the basketball in the second half. And when you don't turn the ball over, or when Purdue doesn't turn the ball over, it's pretty good. Uh, That's been obviously one of the things that has been a constant focus for Purdue all season long. Uh, The difference between the two halves is not a coincidence. It correlated directly to Purdue's turnover numbers. Um, It really is that simple. But there's other things that go into it. I mentioned before Minnesota Shot very well from three-point range. That's another common denominator in uh, when Purdue has struggled this season. Again, the three-pointer is a powerful force in basketball. It can win games for you. It can lose games for you. And, uh, you know, it almost – I don't want to say it almost cost Purdue a win here uh, tonight because Purdue ended up winning going away basically. But it certainly made Purdue sweat. It certainly made the Mackey Arena crowd kind of jostle in their seats a little bit, kind of squirm. A little bit of squirming going on. Um, But that's kind of the nature of the three-pointer, obviously. I didn't expect Minnesota to shoot that well. They're only a 34% team coming into the night from three-point range. Teams typically don't shoot as well on the road as they do at home. Certainly not in Mackey Arena. But Minnesota made a lot of shots. And give Minnesota a lot of credit. They really had a good game plan. They really executed some things very well. They attacked some weaknesses uh, from Purdue. They, they found their matchups. They went after them. They're very well coached. Their coach is doing a really nice job X's and O's wise. Uh, but Purdue was too much. Once it got Edie back on the floor and stopped turning the ball over, the game immediately turned. And the person, if there was one person who steered it, uh, obviously Zach Edie is always a big deal. But, you know, Braden Smith's knack for kind of rising to difficult situations and trying situations and elevating his game when his team needs him most 
was very apparent once again uh, in the second half, but also throughout this game. Smith made a, just a series of big plays down the stretch, had a couple of just sequences that just turned the game on its side. A score, a steal, a score at the other end, you know, kind of things like that. Uh, he's just a gamer, and, you know, there, there's not a, as Matt Painter put it, there's not a player in the country he'd trade Braden Smith for, or a go, maybe he meant a guard. But I'd take it one further that I don't think there's a competitor in the country that Purdue would trade him for because that's that's his DNA. Uh, I think, you know, he has really grown into an elite competitor. I don't think he was – I think he was that last season, but I think he was just so inexperienced. He just moved too fast. Sometimes he got shook. A little bit at times, I think he's graduated out of that now, and I think he's – I think there's no better player in college basketball. That might be overstatement. I haven't reviewed the whole landscape in my mind in the span of the last five seconds. But I don't know if there's a competitor in basketball Purdue would rather have or Purdue would be better suited to have than Braden Smith. Uh, I mean, he, once again, 16 points on seven shots. I think it was eight rebounds, nine assists, or nine rebounds and eight assists. I can't quite remember four steals, just made the right plays. Once again, people varied their ball screen coverages against him, and whenever they did something, he had an immediate solution for it seemingly every time. Um, Can't say enough about the game he played uh, tonight and him being really the driving force behind this this Purdue win. That said, he got another whatever it was, 26-15 and from Zach Eady despite first-half foul trouble, and you you just kind of that's just kind of there. It's just there every night. You know, it doesn't even st- – it hardly stands out anymore. But um, I think the bench played a great game. I don't really consider Mason Gillis a backup. I think he's a co-starter with Trey Kaufman ran, but he gets pretty 13 points, makes some big shots, um, had three assists, a couple of really important post entries there down the stretch. It was a little bit of a rough second half for him. They were kind of targeting him defensively uh, because of the matchup problem Dawson Garcia was for him. Um, He was subbing in and out of the game. Matt Painter was offense-defense subbing, putting in Trey Kaufman-Ren for defense and Mason Gills for offense. I always would have figured that would be flipped. Uh, But nevertheless, um, the script did flip uh, in this game and Trey Kaufman Wren was viewed as the better fit to guard Dawson Garcia. Um, and Mason Gillis was viewed as the, the better option to stretch the floor, make threes. Purdue ran plays for him down the stretch. That's the ultimate sign of faith in a player to get him shots, to get him in positions to feed the post, things like that. Just a really clutch performance, once again, by a really important veteran for this team. Uh, same can be said for Ethan Morton, who I think, you know, was the sneaky clutch player of this game for Purdue. That's probably stating it a little bit too boldly, but, you know, Cam Christie, the freshman who is the younger brother of Max Christie, perhaps you remember him, um, was making NBA pull-ups and NBA ISO shots in the first half, whether it's Fletcher Lawyer guarding him, whether it was Camden Heidi guarding him, uh, just Purdue could not stop him from getting to his spots, getting his shots off, getting to his quote-unquote sweet spots on the floor, things like that. And Ethan Morton in the second half, as the kids like to say, shut his water off. 
And uh, that was a huge part of the, the, the second half, flipping around uh, in Purdue's favor. Caleb first, you know, thrust into a really important role when Zach Eady got in that rare foul trouble. Played really well. This was his most impactful game of the year, if you ask me. Uh, I, I thought he gave Purdue a spark with his energy. I thought he gave, gave them some scoring punch, which you don't necessarily associate with Caleb first necessarily. I, th- I thought he rebounded. I thought he did a good enough, good enough job guarding um, and just really, really rose to the occasion. That's three guys, once again, who I've been mentioning all season long. Mason Gillis, Ethan Morton, Caleb First, all, who have all started a ton of games in their Purdue careers, who are now relegated to maybe not smaller roles necessarily, but different roles than they're accustomed to. They've all started a ton of games. They've all helped Purdue win a ton of games. Um, they have now been moved into situations where they are coming off the bench. Some of them are playing erratic minutes. Some of them are sharing minutes. Um, some of them are backing up the best player in the country. And uh, all of them deserve immense credit for what they are doing right now in terms of thinking of something bigger than themselves and being part of a great team, even if it means a less prominent role uh, for them as individuals. I, I think those guys, that is part of what makes Purdue great. It's not just the shooting. It's not just the Zach Eady. It's not just the rebounding. It's not just the high-end guard play that Purdue now has. It's not just the depth. It is the fact that there are dudes on this team who are just willing to do whatever it takes to win. I know that sounds like crap press conference talk, things like that. It sounds trite. It sounds like a cliche. But, you know, they wouldn't be cliches if at some point in time they weren't true. And in this case, that cliche is very true. You've got these guys coming off the bench who have started and could be starting on a lot of teams right now, could be starting at Purdue right now but aren't and are okay with it. And they are doing everything they can to help their team win. They're not sulking. They've been good leaders, great leaders. Uh, They've played hard. They've done everything right, and they deserve immense credit for this. They are a huge part of why Purdue is good. So that's what I got. I am pulling into my driveway uh, as we speak. So um, this, once again, has been your goldenblack.com Drive home post game podcast from Purdue's eighty four to seventy six win over Minnesota. Hey, once again, Purdue's got eighty four points. How about that? They always find their way. It seems like. Um, thank you to the East End Grill and Ripple and Company, Purdue Federal Credit Union, T and W Design and Build, AcrePro.com, and the Whitaker Inn, which uh, I just drove past a moment ago. Uh, it's dark and couldn't see anything. So, thanks everybody. I appreciate it. I'll speak to you again, or I'll talk to you, or I'll rap at you, whatever you want to say. Uh, this weekend after Purdue plays at Ohio State and whoever the hell is coaching Ohio State nowadays. So thank you, everybody. Bye.